إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi We've now reached the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qal qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kullu sulama min al-nasi alayhi sadaqah kullu yawmin tatlu'u fihi al-shams ta'adilu bayna al-ithnayni sadaqah wa tu'inu al-rajula fi dabbatihi fatahmiluhu alayha aw tarfa'u lahu alayha mata'ahu sadaqah wal kalimatu tayyibatu sadaqah وَبِكُلِّ خُطْوَةٍ تَمْشِيهَا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ صَدَقَةٍ وَتُمِيطُ الْأَذَى عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ صَدَقَةٍ رواه البخاري ومسلم In this hadith, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that upon every joint from the people, from the person, upon it is charity. Upon it is a charity. So every day that the sun, it rises. There is a charity upon it every day the sun it rises. Every joint within the person, and a person has many joints within him. There is charity within it every day the sun rises. Ta'adilu al ithnaini sadaqah. That you do justice between two people, it is sadaqah. That you aid a man to get up upon his riding animal. To mount his riding animal is sadaqah, is charity. Or that you help to raise up his items, his belongings, onto his riding animal is sadaqah, charity. And a rightful word, a good word is also sadaqah. And every step you take towards the masjid is sadaqah, towards the prayer is sadaqah. And removing something harmful from the road is sadaqah. So in this hadith now the Prophet ﷺ said, كُلُّ سُلَامًا مِنَ النَّاسِ السُلَامًا هِيَ الْمَفْصِلِ The sulama is the joints, the joints of a person. وَالْإِنسَانُ فِيهِ مَفَاصِلُ كَثِيرًا And a person has many joints within him. فَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ It's actually mentioned in a hadith that the Prophet said, فِي الْإِنسَانِ ثَلَاثُ مِئَةِ وَسِتُّونَ مِفْصَلًا That there are 360 joints within a person. There are 360 joints within a person. مِنْهَا مَا هُوَ كَبِيرٌ Some of those are big joints. وَمِنْهَا مَا هُوَ صَغِيرًا Some of them are small. وَهِيَ مُتَفَرِّقًا فِي الْجِسَمِ And they are all over the body. وَكُلُّ يَوْمٍ عَلَيْكَ ثَلَاثُ مِئَةٍ وَسِتُّونَ صَدَقَةً فِي مُقَابِلِ هَذِهِ الْمَفَاصِلِ And every day you have 360 charities, sadaqah, in accordance to these joints. وَمَنْ يَسْتَطِيعُ أَنْ يَتَصَدَّقَ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ بِثَلَاثِ مِئَةٍ وَسِتِّينَ صَدَقَةً to give 360 charities a day. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yassara dhalika. Allah has made that easy. A person may think, how can we give 360 charities a day? How could we do 360 charities a day? Since the hadith says, for every joint there is a charity every day the sun rises. However, Allah has made that easy. وَجَعَلَ الصَّدَقَةَ لَيْسَتْ خَاصَ بِالْمَالِ فَقَطْ And Allah has made it such that giving charity is not just with wealth. Giving charity is not just with money and with wealth. فَجَعَلَهَا فِيمَا هُوَ أَعَمُّ مِنَ الْمَالِ Rather, charity is something more general. Not just money, but there's different ways of being able to give in charity. وَكُلٌ يَسْتَطِيعُهَا And everybody is able to do these things. So this is a continuation of the previous topic. The previous topic, the companions were talking about what they could do. Because the rich people were giving in charity and getting the rewards. So the Prophet ﷺ told them about some of the other acts they could do. Now this hadith continues and explains some of the different ways giving charity is possible. So, كُلُّ يَوْمٍ تَطْلُعُ فِيهِ الشَّمْسُ تَعْدِلُ بَيْنَ الْإِثْنَيْنِ صَدَقَةِ That doing justice between two people, doing justice between two people is a type of charity. Doing justice between two people is a type of charity. إِذَا حَصَلَ خُسُومَاتٌ وَنِزَاعَاتٌ بَيْنَ اثْنَيْنِ ثُمَّ جِئْتَ وَفَصَلْتَ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي السُّلْحِ وَصَوَّيْتَ النَّزَاعَ بَيْنَهُمَا So if a debate or an argument, an argument occurred between two people, and you were to come between these people to arrange and to fix the problem and to bring about rectification, to bring about justice and rectification between them, to solve the problem between them. وَأَقْنَعَتَهُمَا وَرَضِيَ كُلٌّ مِّنْهُمَا عَنِ الْآخَرِ And you convinced them both to come to a solution, and they were both pleased with each other at the end. وَأَلَّفْتَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمَا And you joined between their hearts after they were arguing with each other, and they were oppressing or opposing each other. You joined between them, and you caused them to understand and to agree and to come to an understanding, then that is a great form of charity. That is a great form of charity that a person behaves in this way, that he rectifies between two parties that are uh, arguing or fighting amongst themselves. فَهَذَا فِيهِ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَنْبَغِي لَهُ أَنْ يَحْرِصَ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُسْلِحَ بَيْنَ الْمُتَخَاصِمِينَ وَالْمُتَنَازِعِينَ لَا سِيَّمَا الْأَقَارِبِ وَلَا يَتْرُكُ النَّاسِ يَتَنَازَعُونَ This therefore indicates that a person should be keen to rectify between people. Should be keen to rectify between people who are arguing and who have fighting amongst themselves, especially if it is within the relatives. Especially if it is between the relatives, then this hadith so far now, it indicates that a person should be keen to rectify those errors, to rectify those misunderstandings, to rectify those arguments between the relatives and the families. And it should not leave the people arguing and fighting amongst themselves. Some people, however, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, they are opposite to that. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ And we seek refuge in Allah. 
يتدخل في النزاع بما يزيده ويحرض أحدهما على الآخر. Some people they get into the debate or the argument or the fighting between other people and they get into it and they make it worse. They get into it to make it even worse. فهذا شيطان. So this type of person, the Sheikh says, is a shaitan. The one who gets involved with people who he knows are arguing in order to increase the argument between those people and to increase the enmity and the fighting between those people. And that type of person is a shaitan, the Sheikh says. أَمَّا الْمُسْلِمُ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَرْضَى أَنْ يَتَخَاصَمَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ وَيَتَنَازَعُوا As for a Muslim, then he is not pleased with that. He is not pleased that the believers, the Muslims, should be debating or rather arguing and fighting amongst themselves. بَلْ يُحَاوِلُ الْإِسْلَاحَ وَتَصْوِيَةَ النِّزَاعِ حَتَّى رُبَّمَا يَتَحَمَّلُ مِنْ مَالِهِ لِيُسْتِحَمَيْنَهُمْ Rather a person attempts to rectify, to rectify the argument, to rectify the fighting, whatever is occurring between the Muslims, between the people. He attempts to rectify those affairs. Maybe it could even come to him as a financial cost to himself. He may have to financially do something to rectify between some people. Maybe he may even end up doing that. But if he does that, then it's a great characteristic and a great virtue for that person. That he went out of his way to rectify between others. وَاللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُسْلِحِينَ And Allah does not put to waste or make fruitless the efforts of those people who rectify between others, the rewards of those people will not be lost. The reward of the people, the ones who aim to rectify and to correct the errors and the fighting and the argumentation between the people, the ones who aim to rectify that and attempt to rectify that, then Allah will not lose their reward, their, their reward will not be wasted or gone to loss. قَوْلُهُ تَعْدِلُ بَيْنَ الْإِثْنَيْنِ so a person who does justice between two people, فَالَّذِي يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُسْلِحَ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَعْدِلَ وَلَا يَحِيفَ وَيَجُورَ عَلَىٰ أَحَدِهِمَا So the one who wishes to rectify between two people, and he wishes to do justice between two people, then it is not permissible for him to oppress one of the two parties. It is not permissible for that individual to get into that debate between two people and oppress one of them. وَلَا يَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْهَوَىٰ And it is not permissible for him to get involved and then judge between them based upon his desires. He likes one of them more than the other one, so he rules for him. <coughs> and he gives him the ruling and he says, you're in the right and you're in the wrong. That's incorrect and impermissible to behave in that way. You do not judge between them based upon your own desires. وَيَكُونُ الْإِثْنَانِ عِنْدَهُ سَوَىٰ Rather, the two of them need to be equal in your eyes. If you're going to try to rectify between them, then you can't try to give preference or preferential treatment to one of them. Kilahuma akhuhu. Both of them are your brother. Qala subhanahu wa ta'ala fa'aslihu baynahuma bil'adli wa aqsitu. Inna Allah yuhibbu al-muqsitin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and rectify between them with justice and be upon justice. Indeed, Allah loves those who do the justice and are upright in that way. وَالصُّلْحُ إِنَّمَا هُوَ عَنْ تَرَاضٍ فَلَا يُجْبِرُ أَحَدُهُمَا عَلَيْهِ And causing rectification between two people will depend upon both parties being satisfied with that. 
Perhaps you attempt to rectify, but the two parties, they can't come to an agreement or a satisfaction over an agreement. So if they are not able to be satisfied with each other, you can't force them. This isn't an Islamic ruling. Rather, you are attempting to rectify, but they may not come to an agreement. So if that is the case, then you cannot force them. As for an Islamic ruling that the judge makes, then of course you can force that upon them. But this is rectification which you can't really compel two parties if they aren't going to do it. So that is one of the characteristics of charity. A person who behaves in that good way and attempts to rectify and to cause rectification and to remove any ill feeling and remove any fighting and uh, argumentation. Also the Prophet ﷺ said, ثُمَّ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَتُعِينُ الرَّجُلَ فِي دَابَّتِهِ That you help a person to get up onto his riding animal. يَعَنِي فِي مَرْكُوبِهِ سَوَاءً كَانَتْ دَابَةً أَوْ سَيَّارَةً Meaning that you help a person, aid a person to get up. Nowadays a car for example, you help a person to get into his car. Maybe somebody requires some help. You help a person to get into the car. The hadith mentions the riding animal as they had in those days. You help an individual in that way. For example, somebody who's elderly or somebody who has some weakness or disability, then you help this person to get into the car or whatever it may be. So maybe you carry him or you give him a hand in order that he can uh, maneuver himself into that vehicle. Or that you help to take his possessions up. He has bags and things, so you help him to put those bags into the vehicle. Even an act as minor as that, you may consider it as nothing. That type of act, you do it with the right intention, then that is also something that is considered as charity, something that you'll be rewarded for. الذي معه على الدابة على السيارة تساعده على حمله ووضعه في مكانه. So you help the person to get those bags into the right place. كذلك إذا احتاج إلى إنزال متاعه تساعده. Similarly, if the person needs to remove his bags and take them off from the car or the vehicle, whatever it is, you help him to do that. This is also an act of charity, an act of goodness, a act, an act of virtuous, a virtuous act for the Muslim. كل هذا صدق منك عليه. All of this is charity from you upon him. فأنت لم تعطيه مالا. You did not give him any wealth by taking his items off the car or putting them onto the car for it, for him, loading the items for him, or helping him to get off or get on. There was no money involved in any of that. It was helping him physically in what you were able to do, and that would all be considered as charity, even though there was no actual money being given. And this is as Allah said in the Quran, وَتَعَابَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ and cooperate with each other upon piety and righteousness. Cooperate with each other upon piety and righteousness. And the other hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said, وَاللَّهُ فِي عَوْنِ الْعَبْدِ مَا كَانَ الْعَبْدُ فِي عَوْنِ أَخِيهِ That Allah will be at the aid of a person as long as that person is in the aid of his brother. So as long as you are aiding and helping each other, then the hadith mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the aid of that person. فَإِذَا وَجَدْتَ ضَعِيفًا أَوْ مُحْتَاجًا يُرِيدُ أَمْرًا مِنَ الْأُمُورِ So if you find somebody who's weak or somebody who uh, has some uh, physical incapability perhaps, 
and he requires some aid or help from you, فَإِنَّكَ تُعِينُهُ عَلَيْهِ So you help that person upon it, عَلَى مَا فِيهِ مَصْلَحَةٌ وَخَيْرٌ لَهُ Because that will be uh, something that has goodness in for that person or benefit for that person. So whatever is beneficial for that person in terms of the help that he needs and you give it to him, then this is something from charity. Also, قَالْ وَالْكَلِمَةُ And the good word, speaking with good speech. Speaking with good speech, then this is also from the charity. And what is from the good speech? For example, if Shah's salam, spreading the salam, assalamu alaikum, giving the salam to the people, to the Muslims, then that is also from the charity and the good speech. What dua li akhika, making dua for your brothers and your sisters, making dua for other Muslims, and that is also from the charity. وَثَّنَا عَلَيْهِ مِنْ غَيْرِ إِطْرَاءِ بِمَا يُطَيِّبُ خَاطِرَةِ And to speak good of another brother, to speak good of another person, without exaggeration, not to go to a level where you're exaggerating and going into extremism and saying things that are not suitable to be said, but to a reasonable amount that is not exaggeration. You say something good about the brother, you praise the brother, uh, or you give him a compliment over something, and that is good speech. That is all from the good speech that will make the person feel good. You compliment the person upon his cooking or her cooking. You compliment the person upon some other item or some other affair. And that is goodness and good speech. <laughs> this is all from the good speech. And of course, this good speech, it can occur between yourself and Allah. How does the good speech occur between yourself and Allah? By all of the remembrance. The remembrance and the du'as. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. These are all types of good speech between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَكُونُ بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَالنَّاسِ And similarly the good speech can occur between yourself and other people. وَالْكَلِمَةُ طَيِّبَ عَكْسُ الْكَلِمَةِ الْخَبِيثَةِ and the good word is the opposite of the evil word. And that is, as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَفَلَا Do you not see how Allah gave this parable, this example? كَلِمَةً طَيِّبًا A good word. كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبًا Like a good tree. أَصْلُهَا ثَابِتٌ The trunk, its basis is firm and fixed. وَفَرْعُهَا فِي السَّمَاءِ And its branches are in the sky. It gives from its fruit at every moment by the permission of its Lord. And then the example is given of the evil speech. Uh, وَيُضِلُّ اللَّهُ الظَّالِمِينَ وَيَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ مَا يَشَاءُ And so the evil speech is exampled or given the parable to an evil tree that is cut from the top and it can no longer have establishment, it is not fixed. So a tree, a good tree that has fruits is given the example of good speech and the opposite of that good tree, an evil type of tree not properly maintained and cut is given the example of the evil speech. فَالْكَلَامُ الطَّيِّبْ يَكُونُ بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَرَبِّهِ وَبِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ So the good speech, it occurs between yourself and Allah, by remembrance and supplications. 
And it occurs between yourself and other people by mentioning good of them and complimenting them and speaking in a good way. فَإِنَّ الْكَلِمَةَ تَفْعَلُ مَفْعُولَهَا وَتُؤَلِّفُ بَيْنَ الْقُلُوبِ أَمَّا الْكَلِمَةُ الْخَبِيثَةَ فَهِيَ تُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ النَّاسُ وَتُورِثُ الْعَدَاوَةِ So as for the righteous speech, then that rectifies between the people. The righteous speech that rectifies between the people and it corrects the affairs between the people. As for the evil speech, then that is the speech that causes differing between the people and causes splitting between the people. And that is the evil type of speech, the backbiting and the spreading of stories and tales, carrying tales between people. This one said this about you, that one said that about you. And I heard this about you and I heard that about you. Spreading this type of speech, then that is evil speech. And that is causing corruption between the people and causing splitting and differing between the people and argumentation and fighting between the people. So that is evil types of speech to the extent that it may even cause bloodshed between the people. So the difference between the rightful speech, the righteous speech and the evil speech is clear. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَبِكُلِّ خُطْوَةٍ تَمْشِيهَا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ صَدَقَةٍ Every step you take towards the prayer is a charity. Every step you take towards the masjid in it is charity. So the further you live from the masjid will mean that the more footsteps you have to take to get there. And therefore the greater the reward. The further you have to walk to the masjid, then the greater the reward, the more the footsteps you will have to take to get to the masjid, and the greater your reward will be. And this therefore indicates to you an encouragement to attend in the masajid, and to go to the masjid and to pray in congregation. Because there is a reward for walking to the masjid for every footstep. لَأَنَّكَ تَخْسَرُ بِذَلِكَ خَسَارَ عَظِيمَةٍ وَلَكَ بِعَدَدِ الْخُطَوَاتِ الَّتِي تَخْطُوهَا إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ Because if you don't go, then you have a big loss. But if you do go, then for every footstep there is charity. فَفِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَ خَمْسُ صَلَوَاتِ In every day and night there are five prayers. كَمْ تُحَصِّلُ بِخُطَوَاتِكَ إِلَيْهَا مِنْ صَدَقَةٍ How much reward would you get from all of those footsteps that you walk to the masjid and back? You're walking to the masjid and back and every footstep you're getting reward for it. Indeed the virtue of Allah is great. Then at the end of the hadith, the Prophet also mentioned, Even removing something harmful out of the way from the road. You find some big rock in the road uh, and you see that the cars are going to crash into it. Or you find some other uh, sharp or spiky thing in the pathway and you fear that people are going to walk into it. So you remove these harmful items out of the pathway of the people. Then that is also from the charity. That is also from the rewardful acts. A. Tuzilu ma yu'dhil marra an tariq al-muslimin. You remove what will harm the people from the way, from the pathway of the Muslims. أو عن طريق الناس عموما Even the people generally Generally any people You remove something harmful out of the way Then this is good وكذلك عن طريق الدواب Even 
where the animals walk. If you find something harmful, you remove it out of the way so the animals won't be harmed by that. That is also good. لا تجعل فيه شيئاً يؤذي المارة. Do not leave or put something in the way that is going to harm the people walking past the pedestrians. ولا تترك فيه شيئاً وضعه غيرك. And don't leave something there somebody else has put there. Something harmful, even if it was someone else who put it there. If it's harmful, then you remove it. أو وقع في الطريق من غير أن يضعه أحد. Or even if nobody put it there, but it fell into the pathway itself, like a, a, a branch that falls off a tree in the winds and it goes into the road, it's dangerous. So you remove it and you pull it out of the way. That is something good and charity and rewardful. <laughs> so there could be branches or other things that block the people walking past or they harm them. Kashok, for example, like thorns. والحصر like stones and things والمؤذيات and other harmful things تزيله عن الطريق ولا كفي ذلك صدقة you remove these things out of the way such a simple act and you'll get reward for it you have the intention that you're doing that sincerely as an act of goodness and righteousness for the sake of Allah removing this harm because you know it's from the sunnah then you get reward for that a stone, a rock, a branch in the way you move it out takes a minute not even that and you get reward for it لِأَنَّكَ أَحْسَنْتَ إِلَيْهِمْ Because you have done good for the people. You have done good for the people and removed this harm out of the way. So there is reward and charity in that for you. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, بَيْنَمَا رَجْلٌ يَمْشِي بِطَرِيقٍ وَجَدَ غُسْنَ شَوْكٍ عَنَ الطَّرِيقِ فَأَخَّرَ فَشَكَرَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بَغَفَرَ لَهُ That a man was walking in the roadway, and he found a branch with thorns on it. Type of branch from some type of shrubs or tree with thorns on it fallen onto the ground. So he moved it out of the way. He pushed it back. So as a consequence of that, in the hadith it says, which is in Bukhari and Muslim, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shakar Allahu lahu faghafara la. That Allah is pleased with that and thankful to this individual that shakar Allahu lahu and he forgives him. That Allah forgives this person. غُسْنٌ وَاحِدٌ أَوْ شَوْكٌ أَزَالَهُ عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ فَدَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ عَلَىٰ عَمَلٍ يَسِيرٌ This person removed this one thorn out of the way, and he will enter paradise for it. He will enter paradise for having done that one action. لِأَنَّهُ بِذَلِكَ أَحْسَنَ إِلَى الْمَارَ كُلِّهِمْ Because by doing that, by removing that thorn out of the way, then he has done goodness to all of the people who are going to walk past that way. Everybody who walks past that way then, they will be safe from that thorn. فَكَيْفَ بِالَّذِي يَدَعُوا الْأَذَى فِي الطُرُقَاتِ So what therefore the shaykh says about the opposite, people who purposely put things in the way, how evil their acts are. يَدَعُوا الْأَحْجَارِ وَيَدَعُوا الْخَشَبِ They put stones and wood, والحديد and metal, وَيُرْسِلُوا الْمِيَاءِ And they allow the water to flow purposely down those roadways. وَقَدْ تَكُونُ نَجِسَ فِي الطُرُقَاتِ and it might be even impure water that they allow to filter through that way. وَيَضَعُوا الْقَمَائِمْ فِي الطُرُقَاتِ And they throw their rubbish in the streets. So this is important even now. A person may throw their wrappers and their rubbish into the street as they're walking. It is not from the Islamic manners and the manners of a Muslim to do so. Here the Shaykh mentions that is evil. What you've been commanded to do is to clean the pathway and allow it to be clean and proper for the people to walk. Not to be harmed by dirt and rubbish and other affairs in their way. So it is not from the act of a Muslim to throw rubbish on the streets. هذا يأثم إثم عظيما. That person will be sinful for doing such an act. 
And if the people then who walk past that way are harmed by this rubbish that someone else has dumped there, then they are going to be making dua against that person. They're going to be speaking ill of the one who has done this act and those duas will go against him. And we've already mentioned that if somebody is oppressed and they make a dua, then there is no barrier between the dua of the oppressed uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you dump your rubbish or you do something else evil in the pathway, then those people who are using that pathway afterwards make dua against you, then they are oppressed. So their dua is answerable. فَعَلَى الْمُسْلِمَ يَحْرِصَ عَلَىٰ أَن لَا يَضْعَىٰ أَشْيَاءَ فِي الطُرُقَاتِ Therefore upon a Muslim from his behavior and his characteristics, is not to dump anything in the roads and in the streets. وَأَنْ يَحْرِصَ عَلَىٰ إِزَالَةِ مَا يَقَعُ فِيهَا مِنَ الْأَذَىٰ And rather he should be keen to remove and to make clear and to remove any harms from the pathways so that he can get the reward that is mentioned. فَهَذِهِ صَدَقَاتٌ كَثِيرَةٌ so these are great many number of charities and rewards you can get for all these different acts. في مقابل هذه المفاصل التي فيك كل واحد عليه صدقة. So this is how you end up with 360 rewards easily. So many different acts remove something from the road, help somebody into the car, remove their items, help them with something. You will do all of these little small acts and they are charities for you. Walking to the masjid every step a charity for you. So then a person can understand how easily you can get the 360 charities a day and more. So Allah has made it expansive. Allah has made it open to you to be able to do much good, to be able to do many good deeds and many good acts, such simple acts and they are rewarded for you. So pay attention to yourself, the Shaykh says. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the Prophet has said rather, وَيُجْزِئُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ رَكَعَتَانِ يَرَكَعُهُمَا مِنَ الضُّحَىٰ رَكَعَتَانِ تُجْزِئُ عَنْ ثَلَاثِمِئَ وَسِتِّينَ صَدَقَةً فَإِذَا جَمْعَ الْإِنسَانُ بَيْنَ هَذِي الْخِصَالِ وَصَلَّ أَيْضًا مَاذَا يَكُونُ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ وَالثَّوَابِ هذا خير كثير لكن قل من يتنبه أو ينتبه له It's mentioned in a hadith that whomsoever prays the two rakats for the duha prayer, the morning prayer after fajr, then after a moment, after some time, the mid-morning, and you pray the duha prayer, whomsoever prays that prayer, then that covers you for 360 charities. But then the shaykh says, what if you were to pray that prayer, and go and do those types of acts during the day as well? Consider how much reward a person would gain for this type of activity. So these types of narrations, these types of hadith, they explain to us the type of character that a person should be upon. The type of behavior that an individual should be upon looking to rectify between the people and to unify the people and to strengthen the da'wah upon that goodness and righteousness between the people so that the people and the communities they build upon the correct methodology of Ahl Sunnah so you rectify and you correct the affairs between the people and you bring them to the truth and you behave in a good way with the people and with good manners and good characteristics and good behaviors all of that which will bring their hearts to the truth Behave in the good way and act in the good way. And all of this is from the charity and the good deeds and the good acts that a person can engage in. So that is what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in that particular narration. The next hadith will begin with next time. But we have some time now. So if there are any questions, then we can perhaps attempt to take some questions for a few moments. 
before we begin the next hadith in the next lesson. Now this mentioned walking towards the masjid. The one who walks to the masjid, then uh, all of those footsteps to the masjid, then they are rewarded. It's not mentioned about the re- uh, return. All that was mentioned, the Shaykh mentions walking towards the masjid. All the Sheikh mentions is walking towards the masjid, and therefore it's a, it's an encouragement for the people to walk to the masjid, to go to the masjid, to pray in the congregation. So that's what's mentioned. Every footstep, tamshiha ila salah, that you walk towards the prayer, then you get the reward for it. That's what's mentioned there. Some of the scholars they say, some of the scholars they say that perhaps you will still, inshallah, get reward. Your intention is the same, you're going to the masjid. So some of the scholars say, inshallah, you still get reward for that too. Some of them may say, if you live close anyway, just walk. Walk every footstep, you get reward anyway. The sunrise and the sunset and the noon, those are prohibited times of the prayer when it's actually rising, when the sun is actually rising up until moments after it has risen and at the middle point of the day and when the sun is setting up until uh, after Asr all the way up until the sun is setting. Then those times are mentioned as prohibited times for the prayer because the people who used to worship the sun, they used to worship at those times. However, some of the scholars have said that if you are praying a prayer with a specific reason behind it, not just a general nafal prayer, but a specific reasoning behind the prayer, dhawatul asbab they call them. Some of the scholars say it's allowable, it's okay. For example, tahiyatul masjid, the two raka'at for greeting the masjid when you walk into the masjid. Let's say you happen to walk in at one of the prohibited times. Many of the scholars, some of the scholars, they say it's okay. Because now you're going to pray that prayer due to a specific reason. Tahiyatul Masjid, for walking in. So some of the scholars will say that too. If you end up making wudu at that time, then you have a specific reason to be praying that nafal. So then you can pray it. They say the prohibition is just generally praying. You can't just generally decide I'm going to pray at that time. But some of the scholars though, the other opinion is they say no. Some scholars do say even those ones, wudu, tahiyatul Masjid, you can't pray any of them. Some scholars hold the opinion completely you can't pray in those times. Uh, unless it was of course you wake up late for Fajr etc. You pray that whenever you remember you wake up. But some of the scholars say these reason <coughs> prayers, you can pray them. Exactly coming back to that point, I, I read a Hadith, I read somewhere it says that the prohibition of the three times you mentioned. 
that fellow are that sunnah is saying you can't be the sunnah for the Muslim. It just says you the Prophet the true sunnah for the Muslim. He didn't mention that prohibition times up. Mm-hmm. But then you have to read it. No, that's, this, this is the reason. This is why some of the scholars said prayers that have a specific reason, like when you walk into the masjid, you're not supposed to sit down until you pray two rak'at. So, that one the scholars say, even if it's a prohibited time, pray two rak'at to sit down. It's a specific prayer. But some scholars say no. They say the prohibition, it's a prohibition, so you don't pray at those times. But inshallah, it's okay with the, uh, what the scholars have mentioned regarding praying at those times due to the specific reasons. Generally, you don't just pray. Okay. Shriya's view on recycling and using if you don't recycle, you know, recycle bottles and just for the environment and stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to say that you're sinning if you don't do it. But if you do it, then there's something good. It's good to, uh, if you're doing that, that it's the general benefits of the green benefits, as they say. There's no harm in that. It's good to do it. But I don't know if you can say that you're sinning if you don't do it. I don't think it's possible to go to that level. But if you were to do it, then that's something good. Say it's environmentally friendly, nothing, no harm in that, something good to do. They recycle it, they use those papers and they make things out of it, whatever it is. That's okay. Reusing the, uh, the resources again, resources again. The question here, does one receive the same charity for, for congregational prayer away from the masjid, i.e. in the home, or does this charity only apply to the masjid? For the men, then they are supposed to pray in congregation in the masjid. As for the women, then as the hadith mentions, لا تمنعوا نساءكم المساجد أو لا تمنعوا إماء الله المساجد وبيوتهن خير لهن Do not prevent the women from going to the masjid, but their houses are better for them. So for the women who pray at home, they have a greater reward at home. For the women, it's mentioned in the sunnah that their reward is in the homes. But for the men, their reward is in the masjid. However, if a woman wants to go and pray in the masjid, of course it's still rewardful. But for the women, it's mentioned there is more reward in the homes. To the extent the scholars even say, even if you go to the haram, the ones who live in the haram in Makkah, if the women pray at home instead of the haram, they get more reward still. Some of the scholars, they mention that. So for the women, it's mentioned to pray at home. And their reward is for praying at home. Uh, and as for the men, then for them, it is mentioned that they walk to the masjid and they go there and they pray there. Shit, uh, you know the situation where you said, you would still be in a state of threat You've oppressed someone which has led consequently onto someone else being oppressed as a consequence of your actions. And if those people then start making dua against you because you're the source of this oppression, then you would be a threat from their duas because you are therefore the source of the oppression that has occurred. For example, an easy example, somebody who's a drug dealer. Somebody might be a drug dealer, they sell drugs, and somebody gets killed, overdose, whatever. The family of that person make dua against the drug dealer. An example, a third party has been oppressed via you. Well, the second party was oppressed via you as well. You're selling the drugs to them, that's even a haram. Then their family was oppressed as a consequence of their member dying. They will make dua against you. You would be a threat, no doubt. Because it's your actions that are leading to these consequences of evil occurring. 
So a person has to maintain himself and look after himself and stay away from any deeds or actions of evil or anything which is going to lead on to evil. Like in this hadith I mentioned, somebody put something down in the roadway. It might not be the first thousand people who walk past, maybe the one thousand and first person who walks past falls on it. Then he makes dua against you. So a person has to be careful with his actions and his deeds. So on that basis, like, if you want to like, rectify what you've done, do you have forgiveness to the person that you've oppressed and the person that's oppressed as well? If it's as a consequence of your actions that this person and then the third person, the fourth person, have all been oppressed as a consequence of you being the source of this action, then seek forgiveness from those people. Particularly the first person, he's the one that you particularly oppressed. Then as a consequence, others got oppressed after that. Then you, the best thing, the safest thing is to seek the forgiveness from all of them. Then you, you're clear then. So, I think it's time, 8.30, we'll have to conclude. Huh? When, um, when you went to the and you put the socks after, and uh, by the time you broke the window, and uh, without the window, you, you, you put the, the, the shoes. So, by the time you take the window, you have to take all the shoes and do up, or leave the shoes and do how how so you do how? You take wudu and make wudu, yeah. Yeah, put the socks on. And by the time you broke the wudu, uh-huh. and you want to go out, then you put the the, 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 the shoes with. Uh huh. So when it gets time to take wudu, so we have. No, no. I th- I, in that instance, inshallah, I think as far as I'm aware, you have to wipe off the socks, not the shoes, then. So we have to take off the shoes and wipe them. <coughs> yeah, because your socks is the place where you're making your uh, mash upon you because yeah. you had broken your wudu. If you put your shoes on before you broke the wudu, yeah, it's then it's okay. But otherwise, uh, the socks is safer. Yeah. Um, you know the shoes, uh, the scholar said that they've got to cover your ankles. Mm-hmm. Is that like, you know, uh, you've got to cover your ankles, the shoes. If you're wiping the muscle, your shoes. Yeah, because... They say that the wiping area, whatever you're going to wipe, has to be covering the original uh, washing area. The original washing area is up to your ankles. So that's what they mentioned regarding that. But if, you're, if you put shoes and socks on upon wudu, then you can just wipe off the shoes even if they're not above your ankles because you put the shoes and the socks on together upon your wudu. Mm. We'll have to leave it at the time. The caretaker, inshallah, will continue next week at 7.30.